0: let's discuss a little bit about what took place last night. Donald Trump, of course, won the New Hampshire primary by slightly more than 10 points, underperforming the polls, but still significantly defeating Nikki Haley. Haley did make clear, at least as of her speech last night, that she intends on staying in the race despite that result, but that's sort of what you say until the second you drop out, as we saw from Ron DeSantis. But because you're hearing all that everywhere else, I actually want to start with something a little bit different in this segment. Let's check in on, oh no, Marjorie Taylor Greene. What was she up to last night at Trump HQ? Well, she repeatedly embarrassed herself, I think it's fair to say, and we'll get to that in just a second. We'll also later dive into a few moments from Trump's speech, one that made me nearly throw up. It was so cringy. But first, on Marjorie, I do want to preface this with, I was seeing a bunch of people online commenting on how she just seemed to be acting strange in these interviews, possibly, you know, celebrating the Trump victory a little bit too much. And I like to keep this show about substance. So I'm not going to go there. I'm just not. Okay. Um, I have no idea if she had a few too many champagnes last night. I don't know. I don't know if she was inebriated while she was on Newsmax or whatever it might be. And maybe that's why she was acting so, strange i just think that's a waste of our time you know is she drunk is she not why would i even waste time on the show speculating about something that i couldn't possibly know for sure here's marjorie saying political consultants who support nikki haley should go to jail should go to jail and while this clip is playing make sure you're subscribed to the youtube channel and the alert bell is clicked Oh, and a,
1: and we're, I'm going to
0: jump up here and, with and you. A good oh, up. How's it going? We're, we're live on the air, and I just was right. talking
2: about Mike Lindell, and now we're going to talk about you. Of course, Roger Taylor Greene uh, joining us all here at the watch party. Yeah.
1: Hey. Hey, hey, Mike, how's we, it going? you ask how Arizona is, corruption. Yeah. Mike, how's, <laughs> how's it going? You? How you good. doing? Doing fine. Glad you're
2: here. We go. Go. All right, we're glad you're here. Yeah. Made it Hi. in here. It's a lot of people oh, here. Oh,
1: my gosh, it's great. This is going to be the biggest victory. I tell you what, you know what? Nikki Haley may not drop out after tonight. She might be dumb enough to go all the way to South Carolina where she will be defeated and it'll be embarrassing, but we just heard an interesting statistic, Brian, This primary is over with. Can you imagine being a donor and lighting your money on fire like that? donating to Nikki Haley, begging her to stay in the race. I mean, these political consultants, they should go to jail for continuing this campaign. I mean, it is so dishonest. I can't even believe it.
0: You know, obviously she would say she was kidding, but it seems to be that's the new type of MAGA humor. You just intertwine all of your jokes with a little touch of authoritarianism. (laughs) It's crazy. Trump says, I'm gonna be a dictator on day one. And he said, let's not have elections. I'm just kidding. Marjorie says, arrest opposition political consultants or something oh we're just having such a good time then and i hope marjorie was inebriated when she said this because otherwise it's as humiliating as it gets she had this to say right now.
3: So
1: we can officially say the Biden-Harris campaign has dementia just like the president. They forgot to put him on the ballot and their voters are having to write it in. And he's losing. Joe Biden is losing the write-in here in New Hampshire. You can't say anything more pathetic actually than that. can't
0: make that up what Jimmy Kimmel write about that tomorrow <laughs> night on his, on his show. So first of all, Biden won last night. I'll get back to that, but also X had to fact check that claim saying Marjorie Taylor Greene is incorrect. The Biden campaign didn't forget to file. They were following the democratic national committee rules for 2024 delegate selection rules, which set South Carolina as the first democratic primary of the 2024 presidential election cycle. But then, and we'll get to another Marjorie clip in just a second, but it's true that Biden wasn't on the ballot last night. So that part of what Marjorie said was true, but he still won. In a landslide because people wrote him in he literally wasn't on the ballot because of that dispute that x noted but still won in a landslide wasn't showing up in new hampshire to campaign and nearly 70 percent of people wrote his name in instead of voting for the people who were on the ballot like dean phillips or marianne williamson but i keep being told nobody in the democratic party wants him to be the nominee very interesting a writing campaign. That's really crazy. And then we have moved to another Marjorie Green moment. And guys, I've unfortunately, because of this job, watched a ton of minutes of Marjorie Taylor Green over the last couple of years. And she's definitely like I've never seen her before. And this one, here it is.
1: These are fake numbers. Nikki Haley does not have this much support. She's going to come out and claim that she's rising in the polls. All these fake news media people up here on this platform are going to claim that Nikki Haley is rising in the polls. It's a total, complete lie. Absolute lie. Tonight, Nikki Haley was defeated. The problem is she's going to be dumb enough and she's going to be a fake candidate and she's going to keep going and we're going to destroy her in South Carolina. It's gonna be a com- a complete humiliation. I can't wait to see it happen, so I'm part-
0: So, aside from the weird vibes she's giving off, once again, extremely dishonest and dangerous what she's saying, that these are fake numbers. They're not, of course, and also this is yet another reminder of the fact that Trump and MAGA, they're sore losers, of course, as we know, the whole trying to overthrow American democracy thing, but they're also- So are winners, it's so weird. Why do you have to cry fraud when you win? You should never do it, of course. And they're constantly assaulting the belief in our election systems by constantly crying fraud, but you really have no reason to do it whenever you win. It's like when Trump said that undocumented immigrants were the reason that he lost the popular vote against Hillary Clinton, wild. Then Marjorie earlier in the night, a little bit more on our game, I guess you would say, said this.
1: This is a referendum on the Republican Party and that's something I'll be saying in my speech tonight. Uh, This is a true change for the Republican Party. It says that not only do we support President Trump, we support his policies. And any Republican that isn't willing to adapt these policies, we we are completely eradicating from the party. So it's up to Nikki Haley uh, what she does.
0: Eradicating, she says. And this is what people like me have been trying to tell everyone the MAGA part of the GOP, it's not gonna be satisfied until they're the only part of the GOP. And that's what's so dangerous about these next few years. And what that means is we can't be satisfied until the MAGA movement is completely politically irrelevant, not winning positions of power, not wielding control in Congress, etc. And that means we obviously have to vote organize, motivate others to get involved. And I do think this serves as a reminder of what I've also been trying to convince people of, which is that democracy-loving, sanity-loving, decency-loving Americans have to vote against the Republican party in its entirety until it's no longer the Trump party. And that's what a lot of centrists struggle to get on board with. It's not about voting a little Republican here and there, but then voting against Trump, sure, but then back to voting Republican. It's about rejecting the entire party so that their only option, if they want to exist as a politically viable party is to push out the MAGA wing. That's the only way that this is going to happen. And it's important to communicate that to people. So earlier I mentioned that MAGA seems to be sore losers and sore winners. And on that note, here's Trump at last night's speech commenting on the attire of Nikki Haley.
4: I felt I should do this because I find in life, you can't let people get away with bullshit. Okay? You can't. You just can't do that. And when I watched her in the fancy dress that probably wasn't so fancy come up, I said, what's she doing? We won. And she did the same thing last week, but he was much more angry about it than I was. I said, get up there and you let him know.
0: So taking time out of his speech to convey his feeling that Nikki Haley's dress wasn't nice enough for him, or something insane. And then in this moment, he seems to indicate he has some dirt on Nikki Haley.
4: And just a little note to Nikki, she's not going to win. But if she did, she would be under investigation by those people in 15 minutes. And I could tell you five reasons why already. Not big reasons. A little stuff that she doesn't want to talk about, but she will be under investigation within minutes, and so would Ron have been, but he decided to get out. He decided to get out.
0: So also crazy and he's not under investigation because he's winning. He's under investigation and has been indicted because he allegedly committed like a lot of crimes. He's been doing a lot of criming, according to prosecutors. Then, and before I play this clip, if you're eating something right now, set it aside. Be careful with this one, it's nauseatingly cringy. Here it is.
4: Did you ever think that she actually appointed you, Tim? (laughs) And think of it, appointed, and you're the senator of his state, and she endorsed me. You must really hate her. (laughs) No, it's it's a shame. It's Uh a uh shame, (laughs) uh-oh. I just love you. No, that's (laughs) good. That's why he's a great politician.
0: It hurts. It really hurts. Tim Scott, this is going to be your legacy. You chose to throw your backbone, integrity, dedication to the constitution, dedication to the country into the trash. Then get this, you bagged up the trash and took it to the dumpster. Then the dumpster truck came and took it to the landfill. And now your backbone, integrity, dedication to the Constitution, dedication to the country are rotting away in a landfill. All because you won one of the political gain that you believe comes with being Donald Trump's ally. It's sickening. And that goes for every Republican who is endorsing Donald Trump. Well, this is hilarious. Former press secretary for Donald Trump, Kayleigh McEnany, who is now a Fox News host, made a point on Fox News that made Donald Trump very triggered and caused him to rage about her on true social. And before getting into this clip, just need to remind you so you have the proper context of the loyalty shown to Trump by Kayleigh McEnany throughout her time as his press secretary. She would publicly Repeatedly humiliate herself on behalf of his lies. And despite that, she says the tiniest little criticism of Trump, and he turns on her. A rhino is what he'll call her, as we've seen so often with Donald Trump. If you even dare to take a break from praising Trump for one second, even if it's to take a breath, he'll call you a rhino. So, with that being said, here is Kaylee McEnany on Fox News.
3: The former president. Uh, Kaylee, you know, In the close, it seemed like the Trump campaign was pretty disciplined. They hit the immigration issue a lot at his rallies. Um, and we saw his pitch at the town hall and the speech in Iowa. This was a different speech. You know, he is a fighter. He punches back. He obviously didn't like the speech he heard from Nikki Haley. But he also, at some point, has to get into general election, going after independents and maybe disaffected Democrats. And this speech probably wasn't that.
5: No, this speech was a speech to dispose of the last remaining competitor, if you could call it that. She's still significantly behind him. He's pulling a majority support. But to get her out of the race... I would suggest that adopting a general election tone is what you do at this point. And here's why I say this. This was actually a fairly good night for Joe Biden. When you look at our voter analysis, only 10 percent said, I would not vote for Joe Biden if he's the nominee. He won a plurality of voters who said he was too old. He won a majority of voters who are upset about the Gaza war. So the divides in the Democrat Party, and this is a small sample size, but perhaps aren't as stark as one would think. But when you look at the Republican Party, 7 in 10 Nikki Haley voters said, I would not vote for Trump. There was a Des Moines Register poll. 43% said, no, I wouldn't vote for Trump. If I'm Trump, I sit back and I exclusively focus on the general election. I take the posture of a presumptive nominee. I focus on number one, uniting the party, and number two, winning the independence, which Nikki Haley won 55 to 39%. That's what I would do. Nikki Haley, I mean, the closest margin is 30% in the states ahead. For all intents and purposes, he's the presumptive nominee.
0: So there, Kayleigh McEnany is willing to admit that it was a good night for Joe Biden last night, not only because he won in a state where he wasn't even on the ballot due to a DNC v. New Hampshire dispute, but he won nearly 70% of the vote because people wrote him in. And also the exit polling yielded really good results as she was walking through in terms of New Hampshire voters willingness to go out and vote for Joe Biden in the general election. whereas even though Trump did win easily, there are some bad signs for him. It does seem like there's a somewhat notable contingent of the GOP that will not go out to vote for Trump in the general. And that's the type of thing that can swing an election. And so Kaylee's advice to Trump was essentially try to moderate yourself and win over the independents and the Nikki Haley voters, et cetera. And Trump, Disagreed writing on true social. I don't need any advice from Rhino Kaylee McEnany on Fox Just had a giant victory over a badly filling candidate bird brain and she's telling me what I can do better Save your advice for Nikki. So Again, someone who eviscerated her own integrity Kayleigh McEnany that is in service of Donald Trump is now a rhino because of that tiny little critique. Was it even a critique? It was more of just advice for going forward, but that was enough to set Trump off. And as you all know, Trump has a long history of turning on those who formerly worked for him, despite him saying that he hires the best people, then they are all terrible after working for him. And here is a stunning moment from an interview a while back that I've shown before where Brett Baer, another Fox News host, reminds Trump to his face of just some of the people who worked for him and now are not in his good graces.
3: Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned national security advisor, John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned attorney general, Bill Barr, uh, says you shouldn't be president again. I uh, calls you the consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and uh, Barr a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kayla Kennedy, milk toast. And multiple times, you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chao, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So why did
4: you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to one that were fantastic.
0: And as I've said in the past, it's a devastating reflection on one's character when the very act of working alongside them causes people to be disturbed. So many people have walked away from the Trump administration and recounted the horrors of what they saw. And that's an indictment of who Trump is. And then I never understand why Trump's followers just don't care. I mean, I do, they're in a cult, but, you know, abstractly, I don't get it. Obviously, Kelly McEnany started this segment, but she's not the best example of one of these enemies of Trump. She just barely nudged him. But many of the other people who worked alongside Trump are now outspoken advocates on behalf of the idea that Trump is dangerous. He's a dangerous person and should not be president. And a second term would be disastrous. And some were mentioned in that clip and for Trump's followers. How does that not impact them? And it could impact them in two different ways. Either they could be concerned that Trump can't pick good people. Thus he has horrible judgment because half of them come out and instantly reveal themselves to be evil, Marxist, communist, radical, left by operatives, or whatever Trump may call them, or Trump's followers could trust what some of the people have to say and be concerned with who Trump is. So don't trust the people, but judge Trump for picking them or trust the people and judge Trump for being Trump, but neither happens with them. It's crazy. And as an example of what some of Trump's former staffers have to say about him, here are three Alyssa Farrah Griffin, Cassidy Hutchinson and Sarah Matthews saying this.
3: In your mind, if Donald Trump became president again, what would a second Trump term look like?
6: Fundamentally, a second Trump term could mean the end of American democracy as we know it. And I I don't say that lightly. We all witnessed him trying to steal a democratic election before and going to historic and unconstitutional lengths to do so. And that just shows that he's willing to basically break every barrier to get into power and to stay into power. But also, um, I'm very concerned about what the term would actually look like.
7: We don't need to speculate what a second Trump uh, term would look like, because we already saw it play out. To this day, he still doubles down on the fact that he thinks that the election was stolen and fraudulent. And then his rhetoric has just gotten increasingly erratic. I mean, he has literally called for things like doing away with parts of the Constitution wanting to weaponize the DOJ to enact a revenge on his political enemies. The fact that he feels that he needs to lean into being a dictator alone shows that he is a weak and feeble man yeah. who has no sense of character and integrity and has no sense of leadership.
6: Everyone who is in the West Wing, um, and frankly a lot of cabinet secretaries, they know how dangerous Trump is. People who have the deepest level of respect for, like my former uh, boss, Vice President Mike Pence, he's seen more than any of us have seen. He knows more than any of us know. And I would just hope in this moment when we are less than a year out from or basically a year out from the election that he would think about speaking out more forcefully just about the unfitness of Donald Trump. This is not about politics. It's not about policy. It is about the character of the man who's the leader of the free world.
3: Yeah, because even now, even three years later, almost, you know, there are many that haven't come out who know exactly what you all know or know more.
7: I think it's really easy to paint all of these Republicans with a broad brush and say that they're doing it for, you know, their own personal ambitions, which I think is a large majority of them. But I think another thing that we have to consider as a factor is that a lot of these people won't come forward even if privately they'll acknowledge that Trump is unfit or will privately acknowledge that the 2020 election wasn't stolen. It's because they know that they will face death threats, that their families will face death threats. I knew that coming forward and speaking out against Donald Trump, I could potentially face security threats or death threats, online harassment. Despite all the personal sacrifice, um, I knew that ultimately it was the right thing to do. And so I just would encourage others to come forward because we're running out of time in order to try to stop Trump from being in the Oval Office again.
3: His campaign theme is retribution. I mean, this is the centerpiece of his campaign. He says, I am your retribution. This is a tough question, but let me ask each of you, are you worried that you will face that retribution if he comes back in?
6: It is a very <laughs> real concern. I've met with former cabinet secretaries very recently who were also on this you know, potential theoretical list, and, and they're worried about it. Um, Listen, I'll say this with Donald Trump is um, what scares me as much as him and his retribution is the almost cult-like following he has over his most diehard supporters. Um, the, the, the threats, the harassment, the death threats that you get when he targets you and he's deliberate in targeting um, is, is, is really horrifying and has no place in our American discourse. And it's unlike anything I've seen in the decades plus I've been in politics.
0: People who worked loyally alongside him are saying we know him he would end American democracy. He tried to, when he attempted to block the peaceful transfer of power. And now he has, if you can believe it, even more horrific plans for a second term. But again, Trump's followers won't listen. I don't know why I'm going to subject you and myself to this, but I am. So let's jump into it. Brian Kilmeade conducted an interview with Donald Trump on his private plane, Trump Force One, it's called, and i don't have some thoughtful analysis prepped for you on this or anything i just want to sort of live react to this interview i came across it and it is one of the cringiest things i've ever seen it is the softball liest of softballs i should say the softest of softballs um, when it comes to interviews you've ever seen and Please remind yourself as we're watching this. Number one, you could never imagine CNN or MSNBC or any quote unquote liberal network conducting an interview like this with a Democratic politician. But it's even more outrageous when Fox News does it with Trump or if any network did it with Trump because of who Trump is. And I'll try to contextualize that as we go along, but let's just uh, jump in. Uh,
2: Yeah, it is different. It's been quite nice. So as much as you love this plane, how is it different from another plane you're aspiring to get back on? Air Force One. Oh, that, well, that's... Air Force One
4: is always Air Force One. Even if this is nicer. <laughs> Air Force One is still Air Force
2: One. I mean, it represents something very special. I haven't seen you in a while. You look like you're in fighting shape. How much weight did you lose?
4: Maybe 15, maybe 20. How? Uh, the hard way. I work. <laughs> I've work. been, no, I've been so busy. I <laughs>
0: Sir, you tried to overthrow American democracy by blocking the peaceful transfer of power through schemes like the fake elector scheme, trying to put together fraudulent electors to get your vice president to count so you could stay in the White House when you lost an election. But tell me about your weight loss. You just work so hard, don't you? <laughs>
4: I, haven't been, I haven't been able to eat very much. I don't, I'm not able to sit down and eat like a person like you. You can sit down and eat.
2: Me, it's a little bit tougher because you're always moving. Mr. President, have you thought about, as you look to close out this primary, that this is the last election, this is your third one, but the last? Have you gotten retrospective at all? I don't
4: think of it that way. It is, but I don't think of it that way. I think this is uh, just as enthusiastic as I was for the first. Thank you very much. This is a crowded place. I will say we had tremendous enthusiasm for one and two. Far more for this one than I've ever seen before. You have to see the crowds we're getting. I've, we have never seen enthusiasm like this. And I think a big part of that, they like the job I did, but a big part of that is how bad this administration
0: has been. This is-, is it the lower unemployment for a longer period of time than we've seen in decades? Is it crime getting back down to pre-pandemic levels after a crisis and a spike that started in 2020 while you were president? And crime in some... Areas getting down to the lowest levels we've seen in decades, despite people believing otherwise because of the propaganda of networks like Fox News? Is it legislation like the American Rescue Plan that's the failure of Joe Biden uplifting people during a crisis or the Inflation Reduction Act, lowering prescription drug costs, capping the cost of insulin at $35 out of pocket per month for seniors finally letting Medicare negotiate drug prices, something that Donald Trump said that he was going to do but didn't Biden got it done or the historic investment in green energy making the United States a leader on tomorrow's energy or is it the chips and science act investing in American manufacturing that makes Joe Biden's presidency a failure or the pact act expanding veterans health care what is it is it the economic recovery that outpaced other comparable economies stunned economists and flew in the face of the prediction from economists and Fox News hosts who were saying, we're going to see a recession because of Joe Biden's horrible government governance. But right now, our economy is super strong. Just a few years after an unprecedented crisis and economic downturn that you, Donald Trump, mishandled. Hmm. I wonder what he's referring to.
4: He's the worst president in the history
2: of our country. This man is grossly incompetent, and he's going to get us into a World War Three. What is the game plan on the final day of a primary? You've been through this before. Can you give it, can you bring us, bring our audience behind the scenes and what your mindset is to close it out? Why don't you pick the city you did, and what's the message tonight?
4: Well I think this is really just a very special time. Uh, we had a great, a great time also in Iowa, as you know. We broke every record in the book and it was beautiful and fantastic people. And here we have fantastic people. You have them all over the country. It's all the same. We have unbelievable patriots all over the country. They want to see our country come back. They want to see, you know, it's very simple. They want to make America great again. They want it to be great. They want to put America first.
0: And we are. And they hope to do that by electing someone who's openly, quote unquote, joking about being a dictator and promises to lock up his political opponents and call for the termination of the Constitution. And, hey, let's make America great again by electing the civilly liable rapist and the guy who says the government should come down hard on media outlets that he doesn't like.
4: And we are doing that, and I think we're doing it at a level that people haven't seen. And
2: I think we're going to be in very good shape. Right. Can you show me the plane a little I mean, we got the flag.
0: Instead of spending time talking about how presidential historians... And experts on authoritarians think that you quite literally might end democracy. Can you show me your flame?
2: That screen behind you got the beautiful couch. Mm-hmm. We have a
4: nice screen right behind. Uh, this is the area, more or less, the living room. And if you want, I'll just take you really quick because I What's have to gone? make this speech there are a lot of people waiting.
2: This is the lounge to get away? Well, this is a nice area that I put you in
4: if you want solitude, <laughs> right, yeah. which you never want. Right, yeah, I never want solitude. Which you never want. <laughs> I like the audience. These are really working spaces. Uh, I'm a worker. Right. Uh, I'm not a pleasure guy, I'm a worker guy.
0: And that's why I golfed like half the days so I was in office or whatever it was.
4: And you know, it's just, uh, it's, a,
2: it's a tremendous plane for that. It's got great speed and all the things that gets us to where we're going on time. So can I tell you what I noticed when you invited me on the plane one time, when you were doing the apprentice and you weren't running for office, you had a folder full of news articles before the digital age really kicked in and you were just flipping through. Where's that passion for the news?
0: I'm done. Okay. Sorry. That was already too much. Point is there are a lot of things you could talk to Donald Trump about getting a tour of his plane and asking him about his weight loss situation and being noticeably, visibly, blushed or something, you know, um, feeling so giddy about being around him. I don't know if that's the interview you want to conduct. Brian Kilmeade. You could ask him again about right now him in the middle of another defamation trial relating to the individual that he was found liable for raping and defaming you could ask him about that and you wouldn't see this fluff to this extent on networks that actually care about news i'll end it there Uh, make sure to be subscribed to the youtube channel if you want to go beyond that you can become a member at lucabezlazshow.com/slash. Membership, if you're listening to the podcast version of the show, rate and review wherever you're listening. That is very helpful. I'll talk to you next time.